Act Five of A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One, Athens, an apartment in the palace of Theseus. Enter Theseus, Hippolyta, Philostrate, lords and attendants. Tis strange, my Theseus, that these lovers speak of. More strange than true. I never may believe these antique fables nor these fairy toys. Lovers and madmen have such seething brains, such shaping fantasies, that apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehends. The lunatic, the lover, and the poet are of imagination all compact. One sees more devils than vast hell can hold. That is the madman. The lover, all as frantic, sees Helen's beauty in a brow of Egypt. The poet's eye, in a fine frenzy rolling, doth glance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. And as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shapes, and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name. Such tricks hath strong imagination that, if it would but apprehend some joy, it comprehends some bringer of that joy. Or in the night, imagining some fear, how easy is a bush supposed a bear. But all the story of the night told over, and all their minds transfigured so together, more witnesseth than fancy's images, and grows to something of great constancy, but howsoever strange and admirable. Enter Lysander, Demetrius, Hermia, and Helena. Here come the lovers full of joy and mirth. Joy, gentle friends, joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts. More than to us, wait in your royal walks, your board, your bed. Come now, what masks, what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after-supper and bedtime? Where is our usual manager of mirth? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call fellow straight. Here, mighty Theseus. Say, what abridgment have you for this evening? What mask, what music? How shall we beguile the lazy time if not with some delight? There is a brief how many sports are ripe, make choice of which your highness will see first. Giving a paper. Theseus reads. The battle with the centaurs, to be sung by an Athenian eunuch to the harp? Will none of that, that have I told my love in glory of my kinsman Hercules. The riot of the tipsy bacchanals tearing the Thracian singer in their rage. That is an old device, and it was played when I from Thebes came last a conqueror. The thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning, late deceased in beggary. That is some satire keen and critical, not sorting with a nuptial ceremony. A tedious brief scene of young Pyramus and his love Thisbe, very tragical mirth. Merry and tragical? 
tedious and brief that is hot ice and wondrous strange snow how shall we find the concord of this discord a play there is my lord some ten words long which is as brief as i have known a play but by ten words my lord it is too long which makes it tedious for in all the play there is not one word apt one player fitted and tragical my noble lord it is for pyramus therein doth kill himself which when i saw rehearsed i must confess made mine eyes water but more merry tears the passion of loud laughter never shed what are they that do play it hard-handed men that work in athens here which never laboured in their minds till now and now have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptial and we will hear it no my noble lord it is not for you i have heard it over and it is nothing nothing in the world unless you can find sport in their intents extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you service i will hear that play for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it go bring them in and take your places ladies exit philostrate i love not to see wretchedness o'ercharged and duty in his service perishing why gentle sweet you shall see no such thing he says they can do nothing in this kind the kinder we to give them thanks for nothing our sport shall be to take what they mistake and what poor duty cannot do noble respect takes it in might not merit where i have come great clerks have purposed to greet me with premeditated welcomes where i have seen them shiver and look pale make periods in the midst of sentences throttle their practised accent in their fears and in conclusion dumbly have broke off not paying me a welcome trust me sweet out of this silence yet i picked a welcome and in the modesty of fearful duty i read as much as from the rattling tongue of saucy and audacious eloquence love therefore and tongue-tied simplicity in least speak most to my capacity enter philostrate so please your grace the prologue is addressed let him approach flourish of trumpets enter prologue if we offend it is with our good will that you should think we come not to offend but with good will to show our simple skill that is the true beginning of our end consider then we come but in despite we do not come as minding to content you our true intent is all for your delight we are not here that you should here repent you the actors are at hand and by their show you shall know all that you are like to know this fellow doth not stand upon points he hath rid his prologue like a rough coal he knows not to stop a good moral my lord it is not enough to speak but to speak true indeed he hath played on this prologue like a child on a recorder a sound but not in government his speech was like a tangled chain nothing impaired but all disordered who is next enter pyramus and thisbe wall moonshine and lion as in dumb show gentles perchance you wonder at this show but wonder on till truth make all things plain 
this man is pyramus if you would know this beauteous lady thisbe is certain this man with lime and rough cast doth present wall that vile wall which did these lovers sunder and through walls chink poor souls they are content to whisper at the which let no man wonder this man with lanthorn dog and bush of thorn presenteth moonshine for if you will know by moonshine did these lovers think no scorn to meet at ninus tomb there there to woo this grisly beast which by name lion hight thy trusty thisbe coming first by night did scare away or rather did affright and as she fled her mantle she did fall which lion vile with bloody mouth did stain anon comes pyramus sweet youth and tall and finds his trusty thisbe's mantle slain whereat with blade with bloody blameful blade he bravely broached his boiling bloody breast and thisbe tarrying in mulberry shade his dagger drew and died for all the rest let lion moonshine wall and lovers twain at large discourse while here they do remain exeunt prologue thisbe lion and moonshine i wonder if the lion be to speak no wonder my lord one lion may when many asses do in this same interlude it doth befall that i once now by name present a wall and such a wall as i would have you think that had in it a crannied hole or chink through which the lovers pyramus and thisbe did whisper often very secretly this loam this rough cast and this stone doth show that i am that same wall the truth is so and this the cranny is right and sinister through which the fearful lovers are to whisper would you desire lime and hair to speak better it is the wittiest partition that ever i heard discourse my lord pyramus draws near the wall silence enter pyramus o oh, grim-looked knight o oh, knight with hue so black o oh, knight which ever art when day is not o oh, knight o oh, knight alack 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 i fear my thisbe's promise is forgot and thou o wall o sweet o lovely wall that standeth between her father's ground and mine thou wall o wall o sweet and lovely wall show me thy chink to blink through with mine eyne wall holds up his fingers thanks courteous wall jove shield thee well for this but what see i no thisbe do i see o wicked wall through whom i see no bliss cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me the wall methinks being sensible should curse again no in truth sir he should not deceiving me is thisbe's cue she is to enter now and i am to spy her through the wall you shall see it will fall pat as i told you yonder she comes enter thisbe oh wall full often hast thou heard my moans 
for parting my fair pyramus and me my cherry lips have oft kissed thy stones thy stones with lime and hair knit up in fee i see a voice now will i to the chink to spy and i can hear my thisby's face thisby my love thou art my love i think think what thou wilt i am thy lover's grace and like limander am i trusty still and i like helen till the fates me kill not shaphalus to procus was so true as shaphalus to procus i to you oh kiss me through the hole in this vile wall kiss the wall's hall not your lips at all wilt thou at ninny's tomb meet me straightway tide life tide death i come without delay thus have i wall my part discharged so and being done thus wall away doth go exeunt wall pyramus and thisby now is the mural down between the two neighbours no remedy my lord when walls are so wilful to hear without warning this is the silliest stuff that ever i heard the best in this kind are but shadows and the worst are no worse if imagination amend them it must be your imagination then and not theirs if we imagine no worse of them than they of themselves they may pass for excellent men here come two noble beasts in a moon and a lion enter lion and moonshine you ladies you whose gentle hearts do fear the smallest monstrous mouse that creeps on floor may now perchance both quake and tremble here when lion wrath in wildest rage doth roar then know that i once knock the joiner am a lion fell nor else no lions them for if i should as lion come and strive into this place twere pity on my life a very gentle beast and of a good conscience the very best at a beast my lord that e'er i saw this lion is a very fox for his valour true and a goose for his discretion not so my lord for his valour cannot carry his discretion and the fox carries the goose his discretion i am sure cannot carry his valour for the goose carries not the fox it is well leave it to his discretion and let us listen to the moon this lanthorn doth the horned moon present he should have worn the horns on his head he is no crescent and his horns are invisible within the circumference this lanthorn doth the horned moon present myself the man in the moon do seem to be this is the greatest error of all the rest the man should be put into the lantern how else is it the man in the moon he dares not come there for a candle for you see it is already in snuff i am aweary of this moon would he would change it appears by his small light of discretion that he is in the wane but yet in courtesy 
In all reason, we must stay the time. Proceed, Moon. All I have to say is to tell you that the lanthorn is the moon, I the man in the moon, this thornbush, my thornbush, and this dog, my dog. Why, all these should be in the lanthorn, for all these are in the moon. But silence, here comes Fisby. Enter Fisby. This is old Ninny's tomb. Where is my love? Oh! The lion roars. Thisby runs off. Well roared, lion. Well run, Thisby. Well shone, moon. Truly the moon shines with a good grace. The lion tears Thisby's mantle and exit. Well moused, lion. And then came Pyramus. And then the lion vanishes. Enter Pyramus. Sweet moon, I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright. For by thy gracious, golden, glittering gleams, I trust to take of truest Thisbe sight. But stay, O oh spite! But mark, poor knight, what dreadful dole is here? Eyes, do you see? How can it be? O oh, dainty duck, O oh, dear! Thy mantle good, what, stained with blood? Approach, ye furies fell. O oh, fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum, quail, crush, conclude and quell this passion and the death of a near friend would go near to make a man look sad beshrew my heart but i pity the man oh wherefore nature didst thou lions frame since lion vile hath here deflowered my dear which is no no which was the fairest dame that lived that loved, that liked, that looked with cheer. Come, tears confound, outsword and wound the pap of Pyramus. I, that left pap, where heart doth hop. Thus die I, thus, thus, thus. Now am I dead, now am I fled. My soul is in the sky. Tongue, lose thy light. Moon, take thy flight. Now die, 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 die. Dies. Exit Moonshine. No die, but an ace for him, for he is but one. Less than an ace, man, for he is dead, he is nothing. With the help of a surgeon he might yet recover, and prove an ass. How chance Moonshine is gone, before Thisbe comes back and finds her lover? She will find him by starlight. Here she comes, and her passion ends the play. Enter Thisbe. Methinks she should not use a long one for such a pyramus. I hope she will be brief. 
and much will turn the balance which pyramus which thisbe is the better she hath spied him already with those sweet eyes and thus she means vida licet asleep my love oh, oh what dead my dove oh pyramus arise speak speak quite dumb dead dead a tomb must cover thy sweet eyes these lily lips this cherry nose these yellow cowslip cheeks are gone are gone <laughs> Lovers make moan, his eyes were green as leeks. Oh, sisters three, come, come to me, with hands as pale as milk, lay them in gore, since you have sure with shears his thread of silk. Tongue, not a word. Come, trusty sword, come, blade, my breast in brew, and farewell, friends. Thus this begins. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Dies. Moonshine and Lion are left to bury the dead. Ay, and Wall too. No, I assure you, the wall is down that parted their fathers. Will it please you to see the epilogue, or to hear a Bergamas dance between two of our company? No epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse. Never excuse, for when the players are all dead there need none to be blamed. Marry, if he that writ it had played Pyramus, and hanged himself in Thisbe's garter, it would have been a fine tragedy. And so it is, truly, and very notably discharged. But come, your Burgomask, let your epilogue alone. Here a dance of clowns. The iron tongue of midnight hath told twelve. Lovers, to bed, tis almost fairy time. I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn as much as we this night have overwatched. This palpable gross play hath well beguiled the heavy gate of night. Sweet friends, to bed. A fortnight hold we this solemnity in nightly revels and new jollity. Exeunt. End of scene one. Act five, scene two. Enter Puck. Now the hungry lion roars, and the wolf behowls the moon, whilst the heavy ploughman snores all with weary task fordone. Now the wasted brands do glow, whilst the scritch-owl, scritching loud, puts the wretch that lies in woe in remembrance of a shroud. Now it is the time of night that the graves, all gaping wide, every one lets forth its sprite in the churchway paths to glide, and we fairies that do run by the triple hecate's team, from the presence of the sun, following darkness like a dream, 
now our frolic not a mouse shall disturb this hallowed house i am sent with broom before to sweep the dust behind the door enter oberon and titania with their train through the house give glimmering light by the dead and drowsy fire every elf and fairy sprite hop as light as bird for briar and this ditty after me sing and dance it trippingly first rehearse your song by rote to each word a warbling note hand in hand with fairy grace will we sing and bless this place song and dance now until the break of day through this house each fairy stray to the best bride-bed will we which by us shall blessed be and the issue there create ever shall be fortunate so shall all the couples three ever true in loving be and the blots of nature's hand shall not in their issue stand never mole hair-lip nor scar nor mark prodigious such as are despised in nativity shall upon their children be with this field due consecrate every fairy take his gate and each several chamber bless through this palace with sweet peace ere shall it in safety rest and the owner of it blessed trip away make no stay meet me all by break of day exeunt oberon titania and train if we shadows have offended think but this and all is mended that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear and this weak and idle theme no more yielding but a dream gentles do not reprehend if you pardon we will mend and as i am an honest puck if we have unearned luck now to scape the serpent's tongue we will make amends ere long else the puck a liar call so good night unto you all give me your hands if we be friends and robin shall restore amends exit end of act 5 scene 2 end of a midsummer night's dream by william shakespeare